0: As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't.
1: This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the sixteenth day of June, Year of Our Lord two thousand and twenty-two. I'm Johnny Anderson, alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, it is good to see you. I was hoping that you would have that sorted out today, uh, and it sounded like your text message in the uh, uh, in the middle of the night last night. At least for me, it sounded like uh, you figured out what the problem was. It got sorted, and now you're nice and cool. Yeah, you're you're as cool as a uh, as a polar bear over there, and
0: everything seems to have worked out uh, well for you. Yeah. Yep. Uh... Ended up being um, a lot less severe than we were concerned it would be. Uh, We were concerned it was uh, like something to do with the breaker box or something was going out. Uh, It turned out it was actually the the main power line on the uh, uh, service side, if you will. So power company came out, replaced the line, and we're golden. Everything's good. Glad to have air conditioning back. That was a miserable uh, about 8 to 10 hours or so without air conditioning. 100 degree weather, high humidity. Yeah. It was it was painful.
1: Well, I'm sure that it was because living down there in the uh, the Oklahoma heat, I can't imagine what it would be like without air conditioning. I mean, I know that our grandparents' generation and everybody did it back then, but our homes were built differently back then, and we were able to cool things with a little bit more ease than what we are today with the way we build homes in America, so... Uh, I'm glad you got that figured out, and I'm uh, glad you're back on track, and hopefully we shouldn't have any more problems, at least until uh, the electricity goes out from other means. Like you said, snakes have become a problem with substations and things snakes, like that. Yeah. Tornadoes, yeah. you know, they have tornadoes in, that are going to be ripping through there. I'm sure they'll have issues with brownouts, well, blackouts. Uh, climate change. Stuff.
0: Climate yeah. change, of course. Man-made yeah. climate change.
1: Man-made climate change. Right, right.
0: Um, I was I'm- listening to a <laughs> Yeah, go on. After, after yesterday, I'm all for man-made climate change because these air conditioners are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yes.
1: So I, um, I was, I was, I'm part of a conversation with some buddies of mine back in Ohio. I was listening to them talk about how the electricity's been out in their town for like three days now. As in, a buddy of mine today was telling me that, and where he's at, there's no power. They're running on emergency power at his, at his business. And if they don't, if they don't somehow get the power back on, he's not going to be able to make it to a fuel station because the pumps are off. He's not going to be able to make it to a fuel station to be able to get home tonight.
0: Wow. Yeah. What, uh, what, what, what's causing the power outage there?
1: Apparently it was some kind of storm that ripped through Ohio a couple of days ago. There was like 75 mile an hour winds, uh, and it just knocked everything out.
0: And apparently it's still down. another one of those, the Rocho the right uh, whatever it was. Was it one of those kind of storms? Uh, land-based hurricane or whatever yeah with the exception
1: of it was i think it was a little bit further north uh in the state so I, it, it kind of it moved across like illinois and indiana or iowa illinois indiana that kind of stuff i don't think it was that bad it was only like 75 mile an hour winds i mean that is pretty strong yeah. for up there but strong, when yeah, you see one of those that like the crop destroying kind that's like 150 mm-hmm. mile an hour
0: winds uh, or yeah, 100 mile an hour winds fair. or something like that yeah it's at it double so. the speed yeah Yeah. I mean, here we see, you know, it's not super common, but it's not uncommon to see 70 mile an hour winds. So, well, here's hoping they get power back soon. I know that's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, um, we've kind of touched on it before. We're, uh, conservationist types. You know, I, I am for, uh, you know, less toxifying our planet, but, uh, that doesn't mean we stop using fossil fuels and, and, uh, uh, you know, gas power and all that, or well, even, even, uh, nuclear. You have to stop until we replace it. We'll stop using them eventually when we find something that to replace it, now, you know, like we've talked before, maybe, maybe graphene has a play in that, you know, as I, an example. I fully believe so. I fully believe that. Absolutely. And same thing with
1: hydrogen. I believe graphene and hydrogen are a way, are, are a way forward. But speaking of that, Let's address this for just a second now we don't have anything on this, but this is something that you've been bringing up privately over the last week, and it's related to this. can we and I'd like for you to explain this, please can we still call them fossil
0: fuels uh sort of so privately, I've been talking about this the the fossil fuels they're they're finding that uh many of the the places that where we uh drilled oil, for example is um well, it's not as empty as they thought it was. They they classified the uh, area as uh, empty. Shall, for simplicity's sake, um, they they drained all of the oil there. Uh, turns out that wasn't true. It wasn't completely drained. In fact, it's refilled those cavities, those wells. They're they're full again. Uh, and the only explanation hmm. there is it's not uh, fossil fuels. It it could it could be fossil fuels in the sense of it's carbon-based material from the past is being, under the right pressures and the right temperatures, is being liquefied. Uh, We call um, that coal liquefaction but we've been using that for like a hundred years or so. Political we've known about call, this yeah. for quite, yeah, yeah, we've known about that for a long time. It's it's um, funny. The Germans actually made, I was reading this in a history book. The
1: Germans actually made vehicles in the first world war that ran on them. And it was like, it was revolutionary yes. for that to to happen back then.
0: Yeah. The, and in fact, uh, they, the Germans continued doing that during uh world war two. Uh, and they used it then as well. So this is, this is a technology that we know about. The thing is, is, it's very possible that the, this happens inside the Earth's crust. I mean, uh, the, the right pressures and temperatures. When you have two platelets smashing into one another, the amount of pressure and heat that's generated there is more than enough to create liquefied coal. And on top of that, it's more than enough to create things like diamonds, which is even a higher temperature. You're talking about the subduction zone so, where
1: the where the, the two plates collide, where there's an earthquake. Yeah. Usually,
0: you're talking about there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and enormous. Pressure it's from. very amazing. it's. Enormous pressure there, um, and it, even even just uh, the, the movements of uh, you know like magma flows and those kind of things, which is directly related to platelet movement. But at the same time, uh, those kind of things could uh, contribute to that. So, all that all that to say, that could be the carbon from a, a previous uh, uh, you know forest or dinosaurs or whatever it is. It, it could very well be carbon-based uh, material from then, and it's just being compressed. Uh, to the right pressure and temperature, and it's creating oil, crude oil. Um, very possible. I, I haven't seen much research on this one because they don't really want that to be true.
1: No, of course if not. If that's
0: true, they'll lose everything. Your 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 supply skyrockets. Your energies and like yeah. your your energy's free. Yeah, basically, essentially, at that point, you just have to figure out a way to uh, burn it cleaner. Uh, at that point, and, innovation will take care. No, innovate. Yeah, and, but. I still am of the opinion that we should be finding a way to move away from those kind of oh, sure. fuels sure. to be more efficient. Not sure. not necessarily just because of pollution and everything. We can find ways to burn at a higher efficiency to get rid of those pollutants. Uh, but, you know, moving to things like fusion.
1: No, it's, no I, you'll get no argument from me. Not at all. But until... We have a suitable replacement, which suitable replacement in my mind, the way that I look at things, which, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, that's not perfect, but the way I look at things is a suitable replacement in anything, no matter what it is should be something as good or better than what you're using. And then, of course, you repeat the process all over again when you get to the next step, when you get to the next stage of development. And then, of course, that fosters innovation and growth. That's where we are. But instead, we've got stifled growth and stifled innovation, and it's creating stagnation,
0: is creating depression, is creating collapse. Well, even even still, uh, I would show... Okay, so... We've looked at a little bit of the graphene batteries and kind of looked at them and I've seen some research on the graphene batteries. And in comparison to lithium ion, they're a little, they're not as efficient. Um, so they have about currently they have like 20% less storage, uh, but they're able to recharge much faster, uh, at much safer temperatures. I mean, you can get a a graphene battery. Uh, I, I think it was like, 500 degrees before it's it's dangerous but at that point 500 degrees i mean like it, it's dangerous because other materials might spontaneously combust not because the battery itself would combust Case um, wouldn't survive. but anyway you keep it in yeah exactly uh but if if they started using those batteries that would be far better than what we're using now even if even if your phone battery life let's say you replace that instead of lasting two days it lasts a day and a half or or, or, or a day and three quarters that's still better because you're getting rid of the lithium. The, the, the problem with lithium, every time you recharge your lithium battery, it it slowly is decaying. It, like the lithium inside starts cracking. And that that's why you lose the the, the the effectiveness of the battery over time is that lithium starts to crack and it becomes less efficient at, at uh, the transferring electrons. Whereas the graphene batteries, they don't have that problem. I mean, the graphene is a superconductor. So personally... Uh, I I would be moving towards those kind of batteries. Even even though they're not as efficient as lithium ion, I, I, I still think that is a suitable replacement. No, it's a very suitable replacement. As a matter of fact,
1: I was reading something because I, I was looking for a, um what was I doing? I was looking for a battery bank and I was doing all my research and I was calling GP because he's got like a hundred of those things. And I said, which one is the best? And then I thought, are they making graphene battery banks yet? And supposedly there's one. There's a lot of knockoffs out there, by the way, don't believe that. If you go on to like Amazon or something, you type in graphene battery bank, they don't exist. Well, they do exist, but they're not available the way they sell them to you. There is one company out there that is a startup that is in the process of making them. They've made several prototypes and they've given them out as gifts. Now, the size of them, I believe the one that I looked at was, I want to say it was 30,000 milliamps. And the amount of time as in recharge. Let's say you recharge your smartphone every day from it. You can literally recharge your smartphone from it every day for over a month. That's how good it is. But it wasn't truly a graphene battery. What it was, and I think Bruce, you even pointed this out at the time, what it was, it was a battery that had been enhanced. It was a lithium battery that had been enhanced with graphene is all that it was. So even that as a stepping stone to get us to a full graphene battery would be a, a monumental step
0: forward. Yeah. So the the only concern I have with with uh, augmenting the two is getting people addicted to the idea that, hey, I can charge my my phone in like a few, few minutes instead of, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. And uh, it has this enormous battery life and all this kind of thing. Uh, and then you start transitioning away from lithium completely and go straight to just graphene you're going to have at, at current technology, current uh, abilities, you're going to have a huge loss in power capacity and everything uh, going purely graphene with no lithium. I, I don't want to get people too addicted to that, if you will. I, I would rather make the transition to graphene now and then start advancing graphene now when we're where expectations of batteries are pretty close to similar. I agree with you, however, the people that are in the, uh,
1: in the driver's seat right now they don't agree with you because if they go down the road of turning graphene loose, they lose control. they can't have that. There's no green revolution if you have green, if you have graphene there's no well there excuse me, I shouldn't say that because I'll just put it this way: if you go down the road of graphene, there is a real green revolution as in you will have the reduction of uh, fossil fuels, you will have the reduction of energy. You'll still have the same consumptions, but you'll have the, re- the reduction on what we consider to be fossil fuels. That will go down. The lithium will go down, if not go extinct. Our microchip industry, gone, as in gone. You won't be needing it anymore because you'll be making everything out of graphene. Your clothing will change. We will not be going down the road of textile fabrics any longer. Graphene will replace that. As a matter of fact, there are already startup companies on Kickstarter that are making graphene jackets that dry themselves and heat themselves. And that's not a joke. You can actually order them. You can take delivery on them, I think, by the end of this year. That is coming. That is coming. Imagine. Imagine. And I'm just, I'm painting a possible scenario here because if we can get this right, we can actually do this. Imagine 3D printing your home. Imagine that. You don't have to be connected to an electrical grid any longer. With graphene concrete, you don't need it anymore because it will heat and cool itself. It will electrify itself. It's also a superconductor. So if they unlock graphene, if we can go down that road and we can actually have true innovation with it, then you're looking at, you're looking at a whole new thing. It will replace everything that we know. All of our monitors, all of our housing, you know, the, the, uh, the plastics that we use, all gone. The screens for our smartphones and our smart devices, gone. All of that will be replaced everything the microchips inside it gone the batteries inside it gone imagine a smartphone that can hold a charge for over a month think about that this is what they know this is what they fear so with all that being said let's transition into the economy because this economy that they're running is on self-destruct the new talking point out of the former treasury secretary larry summers lawrence excuse me, Lawrence Summers. Larry, he's he's a brilliant guy. Everybody says he was brilliant. He was a treasury secretary under the Clintons. And then, of course, you've got the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, basically saying the same thing. Here's their new talking point. Nationalism, immigration restrictions, and downplaying January 6th are what is to blame for the inflation. Mm. That's a new one. Uh, That is a new one. Former treasury secretary Larry Summers and BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, Larry told CNN on Sunday that Republicans are really to blame for the economic situation in the U.S. See, it's the Republicans' fault. We're just now seeing the fallout of that reckless spending when they were in there. And see, what you've got is, you've got the Biden administration that's trying to stop that. Yeah, they're, they're trying to stop that. Summers declared that the, the, that the banana Republicans, that's a new one, banana Republicans, who are saying that what happened on January 6th was nothing or okay and undermining the basic credibility of our country's institutions, and that... In turn, feeds through for inflation. Because if you can't trust the country's government, why should you trust its money? Well, they're really reaching here,
0: aren't they? Oof. that—that that is quite the reach. Because they're they really um, reaching for this. First of all, I don't know Republicans saying that January sixth was nothing. They said it was largely nothing, with a few bad actors, and those bad bad actors should be punished. That's the general consensus of the Republican Party now. Uh, uh saying that the the currency is failing because of lack of trust in the government it surely it doesn't have anything to do with the trillions of dollars that have just been printed well they haven't even been printed we've we've created so many trillions of dollars over the years that uh it, there's not enough time to have passed for us to physically have printed those we literally just put ones and zeros into uh, a, a digital system and and created digital dollars. There is no, you know, the the 140 trillion that was printed over the last yeah, you know, well, it was between 2008 to 2012, and then uh, the, the the other what was it? How many how many trillion that we, we we just talked about here recently that we we've handed out? That can't have anything to do with the fact that inflation is no no uh, 10.6 percent right now, no, or, or no, much higher than that. Much but higher. That's than what that. they say. Uh
1: huh. Yeah, it's it's nothing to do with that. Of course not. No, no. Meanwhile, Larry said that the inflation is not Fed related. And instead, the rise, or rather you call it nationalism or the rise of this belief that we have to focus on communities that have been devastated by globalization, which they actually have. We need to find ways of creating better jobs for more Americans. That in itself is inflationary. I thought, okay,
0: so the,
1: the We haven't created people... jobs in thirty years in America. Uh, sorry, yeah, it's go not on. the
0: it's it's not the government's job to create jobs they're, they're, uh, I'm sorry. That was Larry Fink of BlackRock. Excuse yeah. me. I wanted to make sure because there's two Larry's here. I need to make sure I get it right. But Go on. Yeah. So government doesn't create jobs. Uh, they incentivize jobs to be created by lowering taxes and those kind of things, you know, giving uh, tax breaks. That That's the correct way to do it. Not not subsidies, not those kind of things, but actual like, I don't know, keeping taxes low, not just tax breaks, but keep the taxes low and the the economy will boom and you'll get an increase in tax revenue because people are prospering. Um, That's actually, interestingly enough, if you look back in history in the United States, when you keep taxes low and uh, allow corporations and businesses and whatnot to thrive uh, and families to thrive and have more income those lower taxes actually bring in more revenue for the government uh, because the people are, you know, prospering. Um, ironic thought, uh, but you can't have that, I guess. Uh, the elite have to control everything. But this is, I thought the, the community that was most at risk was the uh, frontline and vulnerable communities as the Green New Deal states. And I'm pretty sure those communities are the ones that are globalized that, have, uh, that, that are mm-hmm. um, a victim of that. Yeah. So how how is
1: it like I? Uh, oh, OK. You notice they keep the same talking points all the time. So oh, we need to create more jobs for American families and blah, blah, blah. It's always the same talking point. In the meantime, they don't create a single job and they export everything. That's what they're doing. So uh, go, go on with your ridiculous talk there. I, I take nothing that these people say uh, at face value. These are nothing but a bunch of compromised liars. That's all they've been that they're all on board with whatever. Larry Fink, for God's sake, he sits on the stage at the World Economic Forum being led around in meetings by Carista Freeland, the deputy prime minister of Canada. I mean, he, he was just on the stage this last time. But the new press secretary, uh whatever her name is, uh Jean pierre Uh is that her name? Is it is it Karen or yeah. is it Karine? Is it is it Karen? I've heard it both
0: ways. Okay.
1: So well I'm gonna go with presenters Karen. I hear, I'm gonna go with Karen.
0: Yeah. Most presenters I hear just just uh Jean-Pierre, they did they, okay. do that. All
1: right, well, yeah. I'll tell you what. We'll just go with Jean-Pierre, okay? So Jean-Pierre was on with Don Lemon just a couple of nights ago, and she was talking about well, inflation, and how the Biden administration is going to deal with that inflation.
0: Listen to this. The economists do cite the war in Ukraine and supply chain issues. We did have that before the war, supply chain issues. They also say that last year's stimulus package, which you mentioned, contributed to inflation. Kareem, does the Biden administration bear some Karine. responsibility for this?
1: So, first of all, um, it, the American Rescue Plan met the
0: moment, and it has put us in a place where we can actually... Uh, uh, put us in a place where the American people feel can 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 actually
1: we can take on inflation. What I mean by that is we've, se- we've seen growth, right, with, eight, as I mentioned, more than eight million jobs. And now we're transitioning t- into a steady, a stable growth. The president actually wrote an op-ed to discuss that himself, taught, lay out his plan on how we're going to bring down inflation. And so that's really important. In order uh, to take this on, we got to have some uh, being a good historic economic place, which is w- where we are right now did you catch all that so in order to take all that on they need to be put in a place where they're put in a place to to be in the place to to take all that on so they can create more than the 8 million jobs that they've already created but they need to be put in a place first so they can be in the place to
0: take on the thing in that place so let's let's take on a bit of what she was saying there um the american people are in a better place to be able to take on inflation okay um I believe wasn't it like three thousand dollars or something like that? The 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 American people had more in their their pockets under Trump. Uh-huh. Wasn't it about yeah. three uh, thousand? Um, no, uh, yeah, it was
1: pushing for It was like thirty six hundred or something in in tax benefits that they were actually able to
0: keep, so they didn't get taxed as much. Right, they, they didn't get taxed as much. Well, currently under the Biden administration, the American people are, are down a deficit of five thousand five hundred and twenty some dollars. That's uh about two thousand dollars more than the bonus that we got under Trump which before him we were in uh we lost money again under the Obamas. So I I, I don't know where this uh extra money is that they're referencing. Are uh, are they referencing the uh the uh COVID money that we we got, you know, the 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 money that didn't even pay rent for most Americans in in uh, you know one month and we were expected to live on that little bit for you know 6 months. um yeah is she meaning that uh or how about the 8 million jobs that they they created they didn't create a damn one of them we're still in a deficit from before uh, covid it, it, like we've lost jobs they're bringing back jobs that we had we had before covid once covid happened we've lost all these jobs and now they're being you know either new ones are starting or the old ones are starting back up there there is no new jobs
1: right now so my next question would have been Exactly. Where have you created those jobs? C- tell me where you've created one of them. That's what I want to know. And don't give me this green energy crap, because that's what they always do. Oh, we're going to create millions of these green new jobs. Where? I'm still waiting. We're supposedly going through a green transition. And Bernie says we're going to create millions and millions of good paying jobs, green jobs, whatever. Where are
0: they? Uh, there was a new what was that new department that the U.S. made? Well, anyway, the, was uh, it the green the,
1: jobs are the, the one that's supposed um, to be above
0: the, the, the green job thing? Uh, yeah, there was I, I forget what the, the the department was. But anyway, they just here within the last like week or two, they created a new department. So technically, the government did create new jobs, I guess you could say because they created a new alphabet organization and they're going to hire new, uh, new employees there. So, you know, uh, that, that, there's that. No, oh, that's that's great. Just what we need. Another bloated government bureaucracy.
1: That's just what we need. Um, and speaking of that, and this reckless spending that's that's going on, which that's actually n- not reckless spending. You heard the clips we played yesterday of President Joe Biden. He said, "No, we're changing people's lives." Yes, sir. You are. You're changing people's lives, all right. The Biden administration announced today that they're going to send another 1.2 billion dollars to Ukraine today. U.S. will provide an addition. Will provide additional artillery. Coastal defenses and advanced rocket systems. Bruce, you were going over some of this just the other day. Of course, they hadn't gotten
0: it through yet. But give us a rundown basically of everything they're going to send. They're going to send. I I don't have the full numbers in front of me, but they were sending like a slew, like a hundred and some howitzers is what they were requesting and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what they're actually sending now, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're sending a ton of more equipment uh, over there. You mean they're sending it to Russia, is what they're doing. That's basically what's boiling down to it. Like, we're going to send them, uh, let's see, there was a new aid package that was just passed, the, the one $1.2 $1. 2 billion. Um, uh huh. And this just
1: so happens to be $1.2 billion. And I, $225 million of that, I'd like to say, $225 million of that will be for humanitarian assistance. Uh, that will be to supply, I'm just quoting here, safe drinking water critical. Yeah, we can't we can't get safe drinking water to our own people. And we're sending safe drinking water, which I'm not I'm not discounting what's happening to the poor Ukrainian people. They're the ones caught in the middle of this critical medical supplies and health care, which we can't even get to our own people food, which we can't even keep our shelves stocked shelter. We're getting ready to have a housing crisis of every proportion and cash for families to purchase essential items when our American families can't even figure out how they're going to buy food for the week now. Boy, this is great for the week
0: food for their baby
1: women's for their vehicles uh, to, get, the, to get to work products yeah i heard hygiene products have a um, feminine yeah. hygiene products are having
0: shortages now that's that's yeah. wonderful that that's really See, wonderful of course the, i'm the being thing, sarcastic. okay this one yeah this is oh yeah the, the the part of our race that uh gets very irritable once a month you know around a certain time of the month and yeah, that they have, that to, have, clean, they have to have their, clean products. they have to have clean hygiene products of course they, they yes. go that same um yes the the fact that we're sending the the 1.2 billion if if all they were sending over there was the 225 million and it was it was the humanitarian aid everything you just listed there okay all right we're 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 helping the, the the refugees we're helping those that are trying to escape yeah i'm 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 good with that the the, the fact that it's also another 1 billion dollars on top of that i'm sorry What what we've sent? What forty billion dollars all over there now altogether? Or to see forty billion? No, I think it's I think it's more than that, isn't it? I think it's I I think we're pushing like seventy some billion actually now. Are you missing a zero? Because I'm 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 betting that's probably the real number. It wouldn't surprise me. Oh, that's that's nice. This is um. Biden has sent over uh, 100,000 U.S. troops to countries that are members of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO. That's NATO. In yeah. addition to billions in security assistance. How many troops? 100,000. 100,000. Where are they coming from? Uh, don't we only have something like 400 and some thousand?
1: I don't even think it's that. I, I uh, really don't even think it's that. Uh, We've got three contractors for every soldier.
0: That was yeah, the last number I, that I saw. I want to say it was like 400 and some thousand. Oh, no, you're right. Uh, the strength for the regular army was 480,000. The national guard had 336,000, um, army reserve has 188,000.
1: And then you throw in the COVID nonsense, you know, that's even worse now.
0: Yeah. There's been quite a few people that, um, I mean, it's not a huge percentage, but there was a, a, uh, we don't know how many were injured and medically discharged. That's something they stopped reporting that data. And or resigned. I think we only have like two or three months worth. But yeah, and yeah. that that's the other one. And and the others that were forced to either resign or, you know, kicked out completely because they wouldn't take the jab. So yeah, that's uh that's good. That's good. Uh you know, on the verge of we're on the verge of war with Taiwan. Um we got Russia acting up. So I guess we're gonna put our troops on two different fronts. Oh, you mean China um, with Taiwan or over Taiwan. Uh, well, I meant yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I meant war with China over Taiwan. Yes. Well,
1: honestly, I was, I was listening to somebody on that. And, you know, we talked about the China thing last week uh, with Marty, uh, which he should be here tomorrow, by the way. But we talked about that last week. And I was listening to another uh, military strategist talk about that this week. And he said, look, he says their objective most likely at present will not be Taiwan. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm just telling you what I heard. Their objective is still America, as in if they can neutralize what's going on in America? If they can capture America, well, then Taiwan will just fall off the tree like a rotten piece of fruit. So why do they need to waste time and resources and manpower in there doing that when they can simply just do what Nyquist was talking about and what the guy at, which, by the way, it's not called lewd media, it's called lewd media, which, you know, goes with the um, the Mandarin uh, pronunciation, which it doesn't really matter. But Lude's still in the name. <laughs> it's still in the name. Yeah, in English, so that's what we'd say. But it still says that it's, they could simply just, uh, they still say in the interview that they could just simply blockade Taiwan and then put all their focus towards uh, the United States, which quite frankly, uh, this is what has the the historians puzzled about. And this is why I brought the point up with with Marty. I said, this is what has uh, the historians puzzled about what the Nazis tried to do in the Second World War. If they would have focused, and thank God that they were Crazy enough, they didn't figure this out. But if they were focused enough, they could have put all their resources and all of their manpower into shipbuilding, and they literally could have blockaded England into surrender. Thank God they never figured that out. But this case, I still think, in this case, the Chinese, the the Chinese Communist Party, they're not stupid by any means. Not at all. They're very intelligent people. And they're fighting on ancient tactics. They're also fighting on modern warfare tactics. They know what happened in the 20th century with the Soviet Union, with the Axis powers and the allies. They know what happened. They knew what worked and they know what doesn't work. So if I'm communist China, and that, this is just me, if I'm communist China, I'm going to do what Nyquist was talking about in that interview. I'm going to blockade Taiwan And I'm going to put my resources and my focus with Russia on America. That's what I'm going to do. If I'm if I'm those two countries, that's what I'm doing.
0: I think uh, personally, I think it um, realistically, I think it's too early to attack America. Um, Give it some give it give it a little bit more time. Let let inflation kick in a bit. Um, Let the people kind of tear themselves apart with um, the uh, transgender nonsense, uh, the drag queen story hour, you know, all that kind of stuff. Let that continue to fruition and let that, um, you know, give it. Six months a year, and uh, let the let the American people start revolting against the elite because of uh, unable to get food, power, uh, you know, money's worthless, difficulty getting gasoline because um, our enemies are unwilling to sell at a reasonable price, or uh, because of the Biden's um, shutdown of uh, oil and gas when he took office. Um, I, I, I would give it a bit. Let things uh, kind of heat up here. That's kind of a gamble, though. Um, you're you're going to have to continue Russia. You're, you're going to have to continue attacking Ukraine, uh, Zelensky. You're going to have to continue being a little lapdog and and asking for more um, more hardware, more more money, so that you can keep the inflation rising. Uh, you, you, you have to keep them um, off balance. Uh, but if Republicans win and they actually like their constituents hold their feet to the fire and they start making changes uh, physically uh, conservative, if some of these, um, uh, Supreme court rulings come down and they're, um, which, uh, I want to do a correction on that real quick. Um, that I, I, my understanding is, is that the last one will be, uh, Thursday of, uh, the last week of June. So it'll be, or Wednesday or Thursday, one of those two. Uh, so it's the last week of June. So two weeks from today will be the last ruling. And that will probably have the Roe v Wade, um, and it might have the Newark gun case. There's, um, there's a case there. But anyway, um, there's a case in there that's basically saying the alphabet organizations are unable to run things that Congress is supposed to be running. So in other words, Congress can't dump its power, I- I- its controls onto a uh, alphabet organization to run that's a bureaucrat, somebody that's unelected, that's not constitutional. And if they rule in favor of that, all the powers are going to go back to Congress. There's going to be a lot of changes that they have to do. We could potentially see some changes pretty rapidly that, in those places. That is a massive, that is a massive
1: blow to the establishment. Like that, that would be, that would be more than a political realignment. That would be, Yeah. that would literally be stripping the power away from what conspiracy theorists called the deep state, which I mean, really, is it, is it really the deep state? I mean, my God, they're out in the open. Is it really that? It would literally be the stripping away of the power from the people that answer to Klaus Schwab and company and others like him, not saying him specifically, but others like him. It would literally be a stripping away of that and they would be neutralized more or less. Yes, they still have people in Congress, but if we can regain the integrity of our election system in America and we can take all 535 of those bums and sweep them out on their behinds, the only thing that stands in our way after that is abolishing the Federal Reserve Bank Charter and making sure that the power of the purse, as is written in the United States Constitution, belongs with the Congress and no one else. So that is a piece of good news, Bruce. I'll give you that. That's pretty good because if that's the case, then that would stem to
0: everything I just said. Uh, it, and, just to clarify on that, that's, uh-huh. that's the potential that it would have. Yes. Whether or not our elected officials will act upon that potential depends upon us and how much we're willing to grill. And keep pressure on our politicians. Keep in mind, you, you um, here in the United States, it only takes a handful of people constantly calling the, the local representatives uh, or state reps or whatever to enact change. You just have to be a squeaky wheel and the, they'll move. That's what the left does all the time. So that's all it takes.
1: And if you start pulling campaign funding from these people, oh, they're going to shape up real quick. Because if they don't have money, they don't get elected. And if they don't get elected, well, then they're just nobody. Seriously, what, are, what else are these people going to do? What else would Nancy Pelosi do if she wasn't a congresswoman? If she wasn't Speaker of the House, what else would she do? She couldn't get a job serving coffee at a diner in her district somewhere. Dianne Feinstein, same thing. Maxine Waters, same thing. None of these people. What could Jerry Nadler do? Jerry Nadler was, a, I think he was a, uh, I think he was a night lawyer. In traffic court or something? I'm serious. I think that's what he was before he went to Congress. Seriously, what would these people do? What would AOC do? She was asking, Do you want fries with that? And I'm not knocking people that work in fast food. I'm not knocking people in that. But that's what she was doing and stealing tips and spitting in people's drinks before she went to Congress. And now all of a sudden, she goes from bartender to world leader in three years. And somehow or another, this makes sense. Sorry. Rant over. Moving right along. Bruce, speaking of three letter agencies, you've heard of DHS. Yeah, you've heard of that.
0: Yeah. Department of Homeland Security. Department
1: of Homeland Security, one of the most useless organizations on the planet, I have to say, because they haven't caught Mm -hmm. a single Mm -hmm. terrorist in 20 years, which is the whole reason they were created in the first place. So why do we have them? The DHS under Biden is now going to punish... The border agents that were involved in whipping the migrants, do, do you remember that? That Which they actually weren't whipping at all. They were yeah. literally just like they were they were hitting the sides of their horses because that's what you do to get a horse to move is you take the reins and you, you smack the horse on the side of the hip there and, and he moves.
0: They that's were uh, they they were also kind of twirling the reins a bit. Yeah, to but that's to keep, keep the them away from getting kicked from. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. if you spook a horse, you startle the horse.
1: exactly. Those of, us, those of us that are familiar with the equestrian way of doing things understand this. Those of us that have been around horses before understand this, that when you spook a horse, which it could be just about as anything, because you know what they are? They're a 1200 pound chicken. That's what a horse is.
0: I, I, would, I would actually go uh, a step further and say anybody that has a basic understanding of like wildlife or, or animals in general. You understand that a, as you said, a 1,200-pound animal, like, you you don't want to get in the way of a 1,200-pound animal. You you just don't want to get in the way of them. That should be, like, basic human logic. Should be. Should be, yeah. So what they're going to do is uh, they're going to
1: punish... The Border Patrol agents, who, by the way, have already been cleared of all this, uh, they're going to punish the Border Patrol agents uh, who faced the backlash last year after their reins were mistaken for whips as they were dealing with the Haitian migrants that were on the border. The agents were previously cleared of any criminal wrongdoing. Now they're going to have to deal with what the administration is calling administrative violations. Administrative, So trying to keep the migrants safe is now an administrative violation. That's basically what they're saying here. DHS will be releasing more details in the coming days, but noted that the agents will be given the opportunity to respond. This is as bad as the Border Patrol agent that got sentenced. I I think he was, what, what did he do, like five years because he opened fire on a vehicle that was trying to run him over that was full of illegals? And one of the bullets hit underneath of the car, ricocheted up, hit one of the smuggled humans in the back of the trunk and killed him. What's he supposed to do? Let the car hit him? Was he supposed to get out of the way when he's got a, yes. a five ton car barreling down the road at him?
0: Yes, this is this is the logic of the left. Yes. As an example, look at uh, left leaning Canada. Um, if you use a firearm in self-defense of your home, your life, any of those things, you're the one that goes to prison, not your would-be rapist, not the would-be assailant. They don't go to prison. You do. So, yes, this is the, this is the, the, the logic of the left. Um, uh, this is one of the other cases that I was kind of mentioning in the Supreme Court about uh, New York's uh, requirements for having uh, firearms. Um, you know, you, you have to go through a, a government-approved process before you can get a firearm. I'm of the opinion that uh, every American, per the Second Amendment, should have a firearm, and they should be allowed to use it to protect their life. This is this is the laws of God and nat- and, and nature. You know the, the the basic law like life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. You know those basic things, but the laws of nature. Um, I would like to see one of you guys, uh, uh, one of you you left that believe that this guy should have been run over as an example instead of shooting them uh, or or anybody that does self-defense that the one that did self-defense is guilty of manslaughter or whatever. Um, Those that make that argument, I want you to go to a bear den or a wolf den or any of those animals and while the animal is home, mind you, and just invade their territory. Tell me what happens. That is a law of nature. This is a basic law of nature. Self-defense is a basic law of nature. This is what human beings are granted. This is one of the things that is the government can't take away and they can't give because this is a, this is something that God ordained, if you will, Uh, whether you believe in God or not irrelevant. This is an evolutionary thing. If you want to remove God out of it, self-defense is. So I think every, every American should have a firearm. They should know how to use it and they should be uh, prepared to use it in self-defense.
1: I'll go a step further. I, I, I totally agree with you, but I'll go a step further. And I would say any responsible citizen anywhere in the world, because you have a right, you have a human right. I've always said this from the start. I haven't changed my standpoint and I'm not going to. You have a human right of self-defense. It goes all the way back to the days of Christ walking the earth. You have a human right of self-defense. And we haven't changed that, and we're not going to. And the powers that be can't stand it. They need to have you disarmed so they can have their way with you and have their great reset. If you're an armed, informed individual, you're in the way to these people. Now, mind you, these people are sitting in their ivory towers, completely disconnected from the world, surrounded by automatic weapons. Think about the hypocrisy of that. And they don't want you to be able to have them. That right there should tell you everything you need to know. I don't care what your politics are, I don't care. I really don't care. We're talking about the defense of human life. That's what we're talking about. I don't care your politics. I don't care your religion. I don't care. That's not my business. That's your right to to believe and think as you choose. But I myself, I want to see life protected, period, from these people that want to exterminate it. And speaking of that, to have their Great Reset, they have to have social credit, don't they? You see, Bruce, they they were organizing a protest in China. Because they have a lot of protests in China. You just usually never hear about them because, well, if they show that there's an actual rebellion against the Chinese Communist Party, well, then that will gain support around the world. And, well, we can't have that because, well, the Chinese Communist Party, they just, they're so great to their citizens, aren't they? I mean, they take care of them. They really do. They, they really do. Now, see, there was a protest that was planned in Shanghai by hundreds, hundreds of people. And wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? When they showed up to this protest and anybody else that was in the vicinity of that protest, wouldn't you know that, you know, the little little QR codes with the green tick on them, all those all of a sudden just went red. They could no longer travel. They could no longer bank. They could no longer shop. Nothing. They, they could no longer get on any public transport, anything like that at all. And now they're flagged as being bad citizens. What do you do with that? That's social credit right there. That's the future we have. If we don't stop this, if we don't put a stop to this, and I mean right now, hell, I mean yesterday, if we don't put a stop to this, this is what's coming. This is what your children will live under. This is what your grandchildren and your great grandchildren and your great great grandchildren will live under. That's if we even make it that far. But the beginning stages of this, there are videos right now in China. Bruce, you and I were watching this. It is up on our Telegram page for those that care to go see it, that are subscribed to us there. It was put up earlier this afternoon of what looks like a metal detector that you would walk through at an airport. And on there are two cameras, one for facial recognition, the other to monitor your body temperature, a thermal imaging camera. When you walk through this, it recognizes your face, it reads your body temperature, and it connects that with your social credit score. And it will tell you whether or not you can enter that business or that venue. If you haven't been a good little citizen, everything will be cataloged up there for others to see on the board as you go through it. Is that a future that you want to live under? Is that how you want to live? Because that's where we're going. I mean, hell, it's here. I, I don't even say that we're going there anymore. It's here. And they're just waiting to roll these things out. Just like the 9-11 thing. Oh, we we got to have Homeland Security. Now we have to have the government go in and give, uh, give security in the airport, which are run by private companies. We have to have the government provide security and violate your Fourth Amendment. As I said before, 20 years plus, they haven't caught a single terrorist that they were created to stop. How do you think that the same people that engineered that are going to create this and it's somehow going to be successful. These are not tolerant people. These are people that don't want to have any kind of discussion with you. The discussion from their point of view is settled. They want you gone. That's tolerance to them. That's inclusiveness to them. That's fairness to them. That singularity that you've always talked about, Bruce, that's it. And of course, coupling that with what is reported that Google has achieved to manage it all, which, of course, if you start reading about the structures of social credit and you look at at how it's built, the overarching structure around social credit, the governments are irrelevant. Your constitutions are irrelevant. Hell, the the World Health Organization and, and these organizations that Bill Gates stands up there and he champions, those are irrelevant. He's irrelevant. They don't exist because they're not needed. Everything gets turned over to the AI. And that runs your social credit. And then, of course, we're going to have Ned on Monday, and he's going to talk about central bank digital currencies and how all of this is going to tie into it. But I don't want to spoil too much. But I wanted to talk about this thing with China, because this is exactly where We are going. They just don't have a justification to bring in a QR code or a digital wallet, a COVID passport, whatever the hell you want to call it. They don't have a pretext to bring it into supposed free and democratic societies and have it accepted. We fought wars to stop this kind of garbage. So they have to have a pretext. You had COVID. COVID was meant to make you take it, but you didn't. And so now they need something else. Now they're going to try rationing. This is what they're trying to do in Italy now. Now they're going to try rationing with all this this whatever. And of course, well, we've got a problem with the financial system. We've got a problem with, uh, with currency. You've got inflation. Well, uh, if you take this digital wallet that will have credits allotted to it every month, that you'll be able to buy. Of course, that's a token that'll be manipulated, that you'll be told what you can buy and what you can't buy based on whatever political agenda they're going to pull out of their hat that day. That's now going to be transitioned into ration cards. You can believe it. Because if we have resource scarcity, I'm doing the air quotes. Well, then you've got to have a way to manage those to make sure that everybody gets their fair share, right? What better way? Bruce, your thoughts on the uh, the, the China thing, the uh, the social credit thing, the arch that you have to walk through, because we knew that's where it was going to go. We were just waiting to see what kind of mechanism they were going to use, because you can't have a person there to check it, because a person is unreliable, and sometimes they won't do what they're told. So you can't have that. You've got to have a system that's going to digitally check people, and it doesn't have a bias, and it does what it's told and what it's programmed to do.
0: Yeah, a so system the, that doesn't have a bias, yeah.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, well, the bias that, the, that they give it, of course, but... yeah this is everything. This is the manifestation, the physical manifestation of everything that you and I have said for the last almost four years now. We're here.
0: Yeah. So um, this is uh, interesting um, that it's uh, the, the archway, as as you said, it's just like a metal detector or one of the scanners you go through at the airport. Oh, we even have these grocery stores uh, that um, scan to see if you've stolen something. Right. I I can't help but feel like you're being conditioned here in the West uh, for these kind of things. And we already know this to be true uh, with the rewards cards, uh, you know, the, the, the various reward systems that you get, you know, you, you do right. And I seen a, a conservative podcast and they were one of their advertisements. It was a medical company. That provides medical services, uh, but there's a catch to it, right? It, this is um, uh, not medical services, but they, it, they help. Uh, it's, it's almost like crowdfunding. So you, you set back X amount of money a month. Uh, I think it's like $100, something like that. And then the company itself saves it. And then if somebody has a health expense, um, they ask 50 people, whatever it is, and say, hey, will you chip in X amount of money in, in, into this? And you, know, you say yes or no. Well, here's the catch with that. Every time you say no, there's a score that's calculated, and every time you say yes, your score is added in that as well. So that if ever you need a medical sy- uh, medical uh, procedure, pay what, whatever you need a payout, that score is shown. Now, on the surface, that sounds pretty good. The 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 first thought I had in that though is this is literally social credit. This is literally a, an example of what social credit will be. It it it's literally judging you based upon your your actions. And whatever they deem to be a good action or a bad action determines your score. There's so many different areas that this is in. Though well intended, it's still conditioning us to get used to the idea. Well,
1: you're on one hell of a rant today. And unfortunately, we're going to have to, we're we're at time. So we're going to have to uh, call that one done. So for those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at at dynamicpodcast.protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up? You know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.